Welcome to MPT Podcast. This is Pastor Tim Wilbanks. We pray that this Word of God will bless your life and ministry increase God's blessing upon you. Ephesians 4 and 5. Let me hurry. Last week, the Lord's been directing me to, lay, to work on the found, lay the foundation. Foundations laid, but refresh the foundation. Last week, we talked about the wonderful grace of God. Aren't you thankful? For the grace of God. Amen. Quickly let me read Ephesians 4 and 5. Paul said to the Ephesian church, he said, There's one Lord, there's one faith, and there's one baptism. He said, One God, verse 6, and the Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Let's pray tonight. Father, we love you. Thank you for these wonderful people tonight and those that are sick tonight. We ask for your hands of mercy and grace to touch their body with the healing virtue. And God, we thank you for hungry hearts. I know they're tired and they're weary, been in a weary world. I'm asking you, Lord, to help me sow the seed of your word. And God, I pray that it will spring up in their hearts and bring forth fruit. Bless them tonight. Give them strength in their body and mind to listen and endure and go home. Have a good night's rest and a great week in Jesus' name. And everybody, give God some kind of praise and thank him one more time. You can be seated. There is one Lord, and his name is Jesus. There's not three, there's not the Father, there's not the Son and the Holy Ghost. There's one, one, one Lord. There's not three, there's one, there is one God. And His Spirit is called the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. There's, that's God's Spirit, which is Holy Spirit, or called the Holy Ghost. You see, in John 1 and 1 says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You see, saying of God, God himself has been from the beginning. Revelation 1 and 8, John wrote this about him. When Jesus told him, when he saw him in the, in the Spirit, he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. God which was, which was, and never had a beginning, here it states that he is, he's been from the beginning. God has never had a start. He's always been there. He is the Alpha and he is the Omega. He's the first and he's the last. He declares, I am the Alpha, the first, and no one is before me. He declares, there's no other God that created me. There's no other God before me. I am the only God. I'm the only spirit. I'm the only one. You see, so God is a spirit himself. John 4 and 24 said, God is a spirit. You see, in the Old Testament, saints, they referred to him in multiple names and of the place and the need he took care of. They named him different names to clarify what he did and who he was at that time. They called him Jehovah Nezah, the Lord, my banner. Jehovah Rapha, 
The Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah Rapha, uh, the Lord that, that heals. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. You see, every time in the Old Testament there were names and they identified God at what he did and what he, what he took care of as they identified him with Jehovah Rapha or Jehovah Shammah. But now, saying of God, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, God moves on into a new era. And we know now in the New Testament, God takes on a body. In the Old Testament, you only knew him as a name, and God was a spirit. But we know in the New Testament, in John 1 and 14, he tells us in John 1 and 14, and John begins to write to us, and the Word was made flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. But we know John bare witness of him, and he cried, saying, This was he whom I spake when I preached about, and he that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. <laughs> and all this fullness have all we receive and grace for grace. But listen to this. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. You hear me now, saint of God. You hear me now. John tells us that God was manifested in the flesh through Jesus Christ and brought us grace. God manifested grace through Jesus Christ who became the very body of God himself. Now some people have a hard con of receiving this concept. How did God become Jesus? Hold on. In 1 Timothy 3.16, and he said, Timothy said, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. How, how was God in the Old Testament, how was he manifested in the flesh in the New Testament? How did God become flesh? Simple. You see, God is a spirit, number one. And there is, you got to understand, only one divine nature. There's only one hypostasis. When I debated 28 years ago, the Church of Christ, and we debated about the oneness of God, they could never get, get past this. There's only, they believe in three persons in the Godhead. There's the Father, which has a spirit. Son has a spirit. And the Holy Ghost has a spirit. But there's only one hypostasis. There's only one divine nature. There's only one spirit. If there were three persons in the Godhead, there would be three spirits. If me and Brother Levi and Brother Drew were standing up here, we would be three individuals, but we'd be three different identities, but we'd three different souls and three different spirits. But God himself in the Old Testament is one spirit, one God, one hypostasis, one divine nature. This is how simple 
God become flesh. Bible said in 1 Timothy 3, 16 that God was manifested in the flesh. You see this, God created all things. In the beginning with his word, he created all things. Do you agree? Now, now God creates himself a body to dwell in in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, they only had names that they would call on to identify him. There was nothing that they could see of him or nothing they could identify him of a name right there, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom. But he wanted a name that when we had needs, we could call on. Now, the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God. He's called also the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is called the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of God. Matthew 1 and 18 says, we know Timothy said God was manifested in the flesh. Now here's how God created him a body to dwell in. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came, before they came together, she was found with child of who? Of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God touched the womb of Mary and she became impregnated with a baby. Amen? She was made with a child of the Holy Ghost, the very Spirit of God. You see, the Holy Ghost is not the second person in the Godhead. The Holy Ghost is not a person. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. Now go back to Acts 2. Let's show you Acts 2, 1 through 4. It's a spirit. The Holy Ghost is a spirit. We already know now that the Holy Ghost is what she was found with child with of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2, 1 through 4 tells me and you that the Holy Ghost is a spirit. Let me wait on Brother Marlin back here. Type it fast. Now, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Uh-huh. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled, filled all the house where they were sitting. Now listen. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Uh-huh. Now, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. How was they filled with another person? They were filled with the Spirit of God. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues as the what? The Spirit gave them the ability, the utterance. As it gave them the ability to speak in tongues, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit, of God that touched the womb of Mary and caused her to be impregnated with the body of Je the baby Jesus. Come on now. So we know now that the Holy Ghost is a spirit. Now they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Not a second person, but the Holy Ghost. Then Peter, then Peter looks at them and tells them, 
how to receive the Holy Ghost when they ask, what shall we do? What shall we do to have this? What shall we do to receive what we hear on the day of Pentecost? Every man speaking his own tongue. Why, how does Hebrew speak Galatians? Galatians speak in Greek. How, how, how can we receive that? This is how, what he said. Acts 2, 37, 38. Peter preaching that day. When they heard this, they were all pricked in the heart. They said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, he said, you got to repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. That's the removal of your sins. There's no other name in the book of Acts that they baptized in but Jesus' name. There's no other book. There's no other name. There's no other act to it. They baptize in Jesus' name. That you will not find nowhere where the act they baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. They baptize in Jesus' name for the removal of your sins and ye shall receive the what? Gift of the Holy Ghost. Not the third person in the Godhead. Not the third person coming down in you. But the Spirit of God, which is called the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, they were filled with it. Anybody remember getting filled with the Holy Ghost? Now, the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God. Let's go back to Matthew 1 and 20. 1 and 20, please. As we look into the Word of God in Matthew 1 and 20. But while he thought on these things, Joseph, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of of the Holy Ghost. So we know that the Spirit of God is the one who touched the womb of Mary. Right? What is the Spirit of God called? Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. Right? Mary was made pregnant by the Holy Ghost. Now, verse 21 of Matthew 1 and 21 through 23 and she shall bring forth a son that thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of, of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold a virgin. A virgin shall be with a child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is what? So now God's spirit touched the womb of Mary, caused her to be impregnated with a baby, which is going, I don't know if you can which it can be now the body of Jesus, the body of God. I don't know how can God do that. How did God make a, twi a trillion stars? How did God make the earth? How did God make the planets? Let there be. When the Spirit of the Lord moved up on the face of the earth, 
creation began to develop. So when the Spirit of God touched that precious mother, a virgin lady, Mary, when it touched her womb and said, I'm going to put a seed right here in her, she's going to have a child, and this body of this child is going to be my house that I would dwell in, and I'm going to give myself a name, meaning God with us. It's simple. Now, God is manifested in the flesh, was given a name Jesus. I was asking my debate. Well, who was Jesus praying to in the garden when he said, Father, let this cup pass from me? I said, first of all, you've got to have the revelation of the Godhead or you, can't even, you, you don't even know. And I said, in your own opinion, you, you said that all three of them was co-equal and coexisted, But if I can answer it like this to you, in your way, it means the weaker God praying to the stronger God. But in my way, this is the Bible way, it's the flesh praying to the spirit that already dwells in him. How's that? Let me ask you this. How do you pray with the spirit already dwelling in you? You got the Holy Ghost. He had the Holy Ghost. So he's praying to the Holy Ghost. So he's praying to the Holy Ghost. Just like me and you, he dwells in me and you as a child of God. How many know he dwells in us? So if he dwells in us, when we look up to heaven, are we praying to the, to the Father? Now we pray unto the one in us. And the one in him gave him strength to bear what he had to face. The flesh, the same with me and you, saint of God. The Holy Ghost in us helps me and you bear what we have to face. Aren't you thankful that not only he filled Jesus with the Holy Ghost, but he filled me and you with the Holy Ghost. Aren't you glad you got a friend like no other friend? You got help like no other help? Oh, I'm thankful. Let me hurry. Now, John 10 and 30 said, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. Now, God has a body that is created to dwell in, that the world could look upon and a name that could be called above all other names. Now you and I see that there's one Lord. God, you ready? God is the Father of creation. He's the Son that's sent back to the earth as a redeemer. And He is the Holy Ghost sent back to the church. This wasn't in my notes, but it kind of hit me. I guess the Lord hit me here. It's like, well, how's all that? Well, here we go. God manifested and made him a body, Jesus, for him to dwell in, his spirit to dwell in. On the Mount of Olives, Jesus told the disciples and the people, go to Jerusalem, we'll tarry there, not many days, I'm going to send my promise of the power, send the promise of the Holy Ghost. He said, I'm going to send my spirit back to you. 
Jesus said, I'm going to send my spirit back to you. You know, I'm finding out, and I'm telling all you saints of God, all your mothers and fathers, your young people know more about cheerleading and sports than they do about the gospel. They can't even answer some questions in the Sunday school room about the gospel. But we got time to run the ball field and run the cheerleader. But you, you don't, you can't. And that's just why it's been bugging me. I got to start working on the foundation. Because if you can't tell nobody how to be saved, who in God's name and the next generation going to tell? Oh, I can tell you how, how fast I can run. I can tell you how good I can catch a ball or make two points or three points. Or I can. But you can't tell nobody about Acts 238. Because you don't even know it yourself. I wonder if some adults could even tell what I'm telling now on the oneness of God. Come on, folks. Me and Jesus is on. Let me get into this. Here we go. Jesus sends his spirit back and said, I'm going to send my spirit, which is the Holy Ghost. There's, there's one faith. Only one to believe and to be saved. John 3 and 1. Let me hurry. I got to get to some good stuff. It's all good. There was a name of Pharise- a Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Then the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God himself. Nobody could do what you do. Jesus answered unto him and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? How, and can he enter his second time in his mother's womb and be born? Oh, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You can't enter into the kingdom of God unless you're born of the water and of the Spirit. You can't enter it. You cannot enter it. See, Jesus said, except you be born again of the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You've got to be born again. You see, the reason Jesus went to Calvary was through the death, burial, and resurrection that me and you will receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's where we receive our resurrection in life, through death, burial, and resurrection. Through repentance and baptism and the filling of the Holy Ghost, we are resurrected from an old life of sin and given a new life. Through Calvary, Jesus gave us the gospel of Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for the gospel? Now, in Acts 2, 22 through 36, Peter preached Jesus Christ. If you read it for yourself, it's in your Bible. It's that book called the Bible. Peter preached Jesus Christ being crucified for all mankind. And when the people heard Peter preach this message, they were pricked in their heart after Peter preached about the crucifixion. The gospel made an opening in their heart to receive what they heard. The gospel will open up your heart. Then Peter tells them how
to receive the Holy Ghost. He said, let me tell you how to receive this. Anybody want to know how to receive it? I, I want to know. We see in Acts 2, 37 through 38 quickly. Now when they heard this, the Bible said they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and unto the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what? What shall we do? Peter turns to him. He's the one that denied the Lord. Quit letting the devil use your failures to tell you you can never do nothing for Jesus. Because he will always work on our bad to get us to feel guilty to not do what we are anointed to do. How many, you got to raise your hand, how many's felt, I, I would really like to witness to that person, but man, I have been a sorry old cat. I ain't been what I, I need to be. Uh-uh, uh-uh, hold on. You forgot about grace and mercy of God? Have you forgot about grace and mercy of the Lord? Peter denied Jesus. He said, you'll deny me before that old rooster crows three times. He said, I'll do not deny you, Lord. That last time that rooster crowed, it pricked old Peter in the heart. You see, the first, the first message of the gospel was the rooster. He preached Peter under conviction. One more time. I ain't doing no more. Third time, Peter got convicted, repented of it. But on the day of Pentecost, he's the one who preached Calvary because he experienced the mercy of Calvary. Woo! I said he, he, he experienced the mercy of Calvary. Oh, my. And old Peter preached to him, and he told him in Acts 2.38, he told him how. He told him how to be saved. Come on, he, they said, how do we do it? Acts 2.38. Oh, wait a minute. He get up there, he said, he said, Peter looked at him and said, repent. Peter said, repent. Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a promise. The first thing you're to do is repent. Repent is to express sincere regret or remorse of what you've been doing wrong. How do I receive that Holy Ghost? The first thing you do, and I'm preaching this tonight, and I'm going to preach it next few weeks until you older ones and younger ones learn how to do it instead of how much you can shoot a basketball or throw a football or how, can it, how you can do all that better. If Jesus is depending on us to reach the world, the Bible said he fills us with the Holy Ghost to be a witness to the world. You got to tell somebody about Jesus, boys. Somebody at school, God puts you there to tell them how to be saved. Do you know the plan of salvation? Girls, do y'all know it? Or you know about cheerleading? You got to know Acts 2.38. You got to know about the grace and the mercy of God to tell somebody that's going through hard times. It feels like life is over with. So hold on. Let me give you some hope. Let me give you some help. Let me tell you about Jesus Christ. He goes on, and repentance is to express how to receive the Holy Ghost. When you come to this altar, you get down between your pew where you're at. You say, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. 
that I've been a sinner. I'm sorry I did these things. You ain't got to scream it out, confess it to me. I'm not your priest. He's your high priest. You ain't got to confess it to nobody else. They don't need to hear what you're repenting of. It's between you and Jesus. Get out between your pew and say, Lord, I ask for your forgiveness of, of the things I've been saying, looking at, listening to, or doing. Father, I repent of my sins. Peter said, you've got to repent first. Luke 13 and 3 said, except you repent, you shall perish. Romans 6 and 2 and 4 said, repentance is death to sin. See, when you repent, look at me. Repentance, look at me. Look at me. Repentance ain't saying, God, I'm sorry you forgive me and stay right there. Repentance is, God, forgive me. I'm sorry for what I did wrong. And you, and you, you leave it there. And you walk away from it. And you change. The second thing he said, Peter said, and be baptized. Not sprinkled. Not sprinkled. Baptized, the baptism is immersion. Nowhere in the gospel was anybody sprinkled. They were baptized, every one of you, in the name, in the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins. There's only one name that removes the sins out of your life, and that is Jesus' name. He said, you to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, the removal of your sins. Through the word of God, there was only one name that was used in baptism. That was Jesus' name. Let me prove it to you. In Acts 2.38, do you have it? Can you put it up again? I don't know if I wrote them down. Acts 2.38, then go to Acts 8.16. And baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins. Then you go to Acts 8, 16. And said only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 10 and 48. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Acts 9 and 5. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts 22 and 16. Arise, be baptized, wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. There's no other way that they were baptized, but baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. There's no other baptism. They were baptized in Jesus' name. Five times give witness in the New Testament how instructing you to be baptized. You see, to re in Luke 24 and 47, and, they, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. What's remission of sins? Baptism in, in his name. Remission of sins was done through the name of Jesus. Nowhere was anyone baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Now, now I want to deal with it. I want to deal with Matthew 28, 19. Let's deal with it. Every time I've discussed anybody thing about salvation, they always bring up one verse. Jesus said, go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of 
the Holy Ghost. Now, I didn't bring no history up here, but I'll quote some in a minute because it's, it's in history. But the doctrine of Trinity began at the, hello, Jesus, the Nisan Council in 325 A.D. The Nisan Council was when the Catholic Church was persecuting the apostles and the true church, the truth, the truth of Jesus' name, and they, they added that you had to be baptized in the name of the Father, which is a person, Son is a person. In 328, they came back and added the Holy Ghost as a person. They added it. The Trinitarian doctrine came in the Nissan Council. It's in your encyclopedias. Back then, we didn't have phones. You looked up, my mama had them green encyclopedias. What were they called? Uh, uh, anyway, there's encyclopedia. Green. Everybody remember the green ones? We had them. You could look it up in the, in, in, in the encyclopedia. There you go. You can look it up. If you look up your history in the Nissan Council, that's when they changed the doctrine of baptism. Look it up. Nowhere in the gospel was anybody baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Now let me explain to you. What is the name of the Father? In John 10 and 30, Jesus said, I am a father of one. Let's go back. God was in the beginning, was he not? The Spirit of God is called the Holy Ghost of the Holy Spirit, is it not? I proved it. The Holy Ghost is the one who touched the womb of Mary and impregnated her, was it not? God, His Spirit, He became the Father of the Son of the child, Jesus. So He's the Father. He's the Father. So now, in the name of the Son, is who? Matthew 1, thou shalt call his name Jesus, meaning God with us. 1 Timothy 3.16, God was manifested in the flesh. Now, in the name of the Holy Ghost. The name of the Holy Ghost is in the spirit of Jesus. So he wasn't telling to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But he said, I'm going to tell you to be baptized in the name of, who is the name of the Father, name of the Son, and name of the Holy Ghost. is Jesus Christ. In John 14, 6 and 9, Jesus told Philip, he said, Philip, I have been with you so long and asked, you've asked to see the Father. He, he said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. You've seen the Father. And what is the name of the Son? Everybody say, Jesus. You see tonight, saying of God, in 1 Peter 1 and 16, God, we know is a spirit. 1 Timothy 3, 16, God was manifested in the flesh. Is anybody learning anything? Hang on a few weeks. We're going we're to work on the foundation. Got to. Jesus was telling them. He wasn't telling them the name of, name of him, of his titles. Jesus wasn't saying Go baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But I want you to baptize in my name because who is in me is the Father. I am the Son, and my spirit is the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's like an egg. You got the shell, the yowl, and the yolk. But they ain't three individuals. They're all together. There is no other way to be baptized. There is only one way in God's word that they were baptized and it was in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Ephesians 4 and 5, there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. In Colossians 2 and 12, he said, we're buried, we're buried, we're buried with him in baptism. We're buried with him, not them. Everybody say him. We're buried with him, with him in baptism, not them, but him in baptism. We're buried with him. We're buried with him. There are multiple doctrines of baptism in the world. I don't understand, but why is there so many doctrines? Because men, men, but the Word says there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. If it don't match up to this Word, it's a false doctrine. I'll never forget when I debated that Church of Christ OSQ. I still got the thing in my, I keep personal files through the years of things I've done, went through. And the other day I was looking at it, and I still got a, bro, a few brochures. And I remember sitting down at the cafe, and he'd come on every, every Saturday. We had a radio broadcast, y'all remember? Had a radio broadcast, and, and, and on a Saturday, he'd come in behind me, and he'd bash Pentecost. He'd talk trash about me in this church, and he'd say, yeah, they just scared. they're scared of debate. I had enough of it. I called him up. I said, hey, big boy, you're the one that's trashing me. Why don't you meet me down? Let's eat lunch together. So we eat lunch together down here at the restaurant, and I said, I'll tell you what. You've been, you've been attacking us, and you've been making fun of us, and if you want to debate, it's on. He said, write up a contract. So Brother Billy Lewis that lived in Memphis, he was a great man of God. He was a prophetical. I mean, he was a phenomenal debater. He was, he was very smart in Greek and Hebrew. And I said, let's do it in six months. So I drove back six months from here to Memphis studying Greek and Hebrew with Brother Billy Lewis. He taught me how to debate. And I fasted and I prayed more in my life than I ever did in those six months. I studied all the time. I kept Sister Cindy typing. I've got, a, I've got two notebooks this thick of notes that I studied in for that debate. But I'm going to tell you something honestly, saint of God. I thought I believed in the oneness of God, Jesus and Baptist and the Holy Ghost before. But after that six months, I said, there ain't no other truth. They, I said, there's one God, one baptism, and the Holy Ghost is real. Studying all that gave me a revelation, and I fell more in love with it because I knew it was absolute truth. I'll never forget when we started debating that we made some of them older women so mad they would stick their fingers in their ears, shake their heads, and say, and, and I, I, would, I would listen to Brother Jim. But I'd go out and pat them. I love y'all. God bless you. Never forget. On the Thursday night, we did Monday, Tuesday, skip Wednesday night, Thursday, Friday night. We debated on uh, the Godhead, Jesus now baptism, and filling of the Holy Ghost. And they kept saying, y'all think y'all think y'all can lay hands on people and heal everybody. Brother Billy Lewis said, bring a bottle of oil tonight. I brought a bottle of oil. I said, you've been up here running your mouth, said it. We're scared to pray for folks. We're going to have a prayer line tonight. Everybody that needs healing, get in the prayer line. Nobody moved. I said, come on. You challenge, you challenging my God. Get up and get in that aisle. We'll, we'll don't you with all pray the prayer of faith and you will be healed. Nobody moved. Nobody moved. 
the Free Hardeman College professors, which is a Church of Christ college in Henderson, Tennessee, brought 75 students down with three professors. On a Thursday night, they watched my conduct, watched me and Brother Billy Lewis debate, and how he, he would rip me very, and I didn't let him shake me. But after the debate, three professors came up to me and Brother Lewis. They shook my hand and said, Son, what you have is real. Said, You outdebated our man. And said, he, he was ashamed. And said, I want you to know you're a studied man and God's anointing's on you. If Brother Billy Lewis was here, he'd tell you the same thing, what he told us. And, and Brother Billy Lewis looked at me, he said, Son, we did something ain't did done in a long time. We impressed the Church of Christ. The next week, they voted him out of the church. You know why the Bizzles are here? Because of that debate. <laughs> Diane, some of, Sister Margaret said, you showed the truth. She said, you preached the gospel and you stood for the truth. I'm telling you, there ain't no other doctrine like the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's stand to our feet. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Aren't you thankful for the gospel of Jesus Christ who made a way for you to be saved? Aren't you glad? Did you know he made a way for everybody in the world to be saved? He died for the whole world. I said he died for the whole world. God bless you. Let's lift our hands, our hearts, and say thank you, God, for the gospel. We pray today that this word has blessed you, ministered to the needs of your life. Until next time, God bless you.